This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Vaginas are absolute magic, and Ollie is here to give them the respect they deserve. That means shame-free supplements made with clinically studied ingredients to keep your pH in check and your pleasure a priority. Put yourself on top. Go to Ollie.com today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, hey, you guys. All right, welcome to the Oh Crap Potty Training Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Glowacki. I am the author of Oh Crap Potty Training and Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. I also host another podcast called Oh Crap, I Love My Kid, but really up. And that can also be found on all the major channels. And I highly encourage you to listen to both podcasts, not just because I, you know, love the sound of my own voice, (laughs) but because parenting and potty training go hand in hand, right? You're not potty training outside of parenting. And so many of the issues we have with parenting can come up as we're potty training. So I think it's really good to cross-reference. I will be sharing pertinent episodes. Um, I think last week I did one that were in the Patreon archives for the parenting podcast that I think will really apply to issues I see with potty training. I also do want to remind you that we have courses, particularly my pooping solutions course. So if you're struggling at all with any pooping issues whatsoever, please get that course. I actually won't even take anybody on as a private client until they've taken that course because it's a lot of material and I want to make sure we're all speaking the same language. We also have a daycare course and we have a night training supplement. I highly recommend the daycare course if you're having trouble at daycare. The biggest issue with like trying to answer questions on Instagram or email is there's a myriad of things that can go wrong at daycare that could be happening for your little one. And so you really kind of have to ascertain and do some troubleshooting and find out. And the course is like all the things that could potentially be happening. I want to jump in today with a couple of questions, not direct questions, but sort of questions that we get in general that kind of keep coming up in various forms in one way or another. So a big one is child was doing fine, recently started preschool, and is now having accident after accident. So again, I would recommend the daycare program. It's for daycare and our preschool because it's really hard. And I have assistants helping me on Instagram with DMs, but still it's really hard to answer these questions because there's so much that could be happening. I will say that one thing that is really hard when you're in daycare, when your child's in daycare is if they're the only one potty training, that is a real challenge because there's no one to sort of model the behavior, but also it's kind of a raw deal for your kid if they're the only one, because, you know, all the other kids don't have to pay attention to this. All the other kids don't have to leave their toy, just your kid. That can be really tricky. I'm not going to lie. Another really big problem with daycare is that they don't have a system set up and most daycares are really amenable to this. So if you do want to bring it up with them, it can be a really awesome thing for the whole classroom, which is some sort of system for whatever your child was playing with, they can come back to it after using the potty. So maybe that looks like them taking the truck with them to the potty, 
or, you know, putting it aside, or if it's an activity where they're sitting, putting a place marker at their seat so they can come back to that table, that activity center. Because what happens is if the child has to choose between leaving their activity, leaving their thing they're playing with, going to the bathroom and not getting their thing back, they're really going to figure that out. Another big issue with daycare is like outside. The kids get outside, they do some big play, they start moving around, everything gets moving, right? And in fact, if you're having trouble with poop at home, that's something you can do is like start doing some big play, get things literally shaking up in there, right? That can stimulate a poop. But it often happens at recess. And that again is a very tricky situation that almost sometimes warrants a consult because it really depends on the school. It depends on the ratio, what the teachers will allow, if they will allow some big play inside before they go out, these kinds of things. I think the biggest thing to remember too, is if you get to a point with your daycare or your preschool where you're on the verge of being kicked out and they want to re-diaper, I wouldn't fight them on that. These are the people in charge of your child. We will never know what's happening at daycare. That's the really hard part. So even with a private consult, when somebody comes to me and says they're struggling with daycare, I was like, okay, but listen, you got to understand something. I don't know what's happening there. And we never will. We never know how the teacher's prompting. You know, who knows? She could be frazzled. He could be busy. It could be a passive aggressive prompt. It could feel mean to the child for whatever reason. We don't know what's happening in the classroom. We don't know if somebody's agitating the child. If there's excitement, the child doesn't want to leave. We just don't know exactly. Like the teacher can say, I asked him to go to the bathroom and he didn't. And then he peed on the floor, but that's not quite the whole story. So again, that gets very, very tricky. And so if you're struggling, I'd start with the daycare blueprint and then maybe even a consult. Some version of this comes in. This particular version is my child self-initiated in block one, but is starting to resist and have accidents in block two. So this is a confusing question to me because if they were self-initiating, what are they resisting? So that lets me know that you're prompting. What's tricky about self-initiation in block one is that it's usually you got lucky and it's not solidified, right? So there's very few kids who come out of the gates in the first days of potty training and self-initiate, which means they ask. They say, I got to pee and you can help them on that prompt. Most kids need prompting. Most kids do need you to see the signal, let them know the signal and then prompt them. Okay. So when a child self-initiates in the first couple of days, that's awesome, but you're not all done. Right. And the other thing that really happens quite often is the child does great. You're like, shit, I got a little rock star coming out of the gates. This is awesome. Right. You're super stoked. And then you go and think you can improve upon it. Right. (laughs) And I always tell clients, I'm like, it's going great don't change a thing. You cannot improve upon it. You just kind of have to chill out on it a bit and not try to improve upon it. So maybe that's what's happening. Maybe you kind of came in with a little too much uh, pressure. When a child starts to resist almost all the time, it's because there's too much pressure, too much focus on the process of potty training. So as soon as we can, we want to normalize pee and poop on the potty, but we also want to normalize the routine of going to the potty. We want to normalize this process of potty training. We can't stay in this like glaring process focus space, right? Of like, okay, we're still potty training because the kid's not going to like it. They don't like to be in that space of like in process learning things. They like to be done learning things. They like to be successful. So I would say, you know, without knowing too many details, 
I would say that's probably what's up is there's a little too much pressure, a little too much focus on the, the potty or, you know, the kids say the kids self-initiated on like day one. And you're, again, you're like, woo, I got this great rock star kid and everything's awesome. But then the next day they don't necessarily self-initiate right away. You get so invested in them doing as well as they did yesterday that you start prompting and then you start over prompting. So over prompting is usually the number one reason for the child resisting. So just be cautious of that. Okay. And I've gotten this quite a lot recently, which makes me think there's an uptick in elimination communication. So I've been asked to say a little bit more about transitioning from elimination communication known as EC to potty training. There is a chapter in my book. If you're unfamiliar, elimination communication is the practice of not using a diaper at all. And it is what a lot of other cultures use. You know, they don't have diapers. They don't use diapers. And so it really can be done from birth. It can be done part-time. It can be done full-time. I have seen it done very well, and I've seen it done very poorly. I have a friend who did it, and I swear to God, I never saw this kid. I never saw her peeing the kid. She was like very subtle about it, very interesting. And that can be awesome, but it also can be a hindrance actually to potty training. You would think, oh my goodness, they've never had the habit of a diaper. This is great. Uh, Potty training will be effortless. And that's not often the case because what happens with elimination communication is early on, the parent is the cue, right? The parent sees the cue. And every what's really interesting about EC, and you can look up videos about this, children will cue before they pee or poop. And you learn this very, very early on. If you are watching the child and pretty attuned to the child, I will say this. I think elimination communication is really hard if you're like both parents are working outside the home. If you find that you've had like postpartum depression, if you have a lot of anxiety after giving birth, if your hormones are kind of out of whack, you know, sometimes your attunement to the child can be a little skewed, a little off and that's okay. Get help, please. If if you think you have postpartum depression or anxiety, 100% get help, reach out. But the attunement can be off. And and again, that happens. So it's okay. There's also a lot of moms who report not feeling very connected to their kid at first. And I just want to like side note, say that's also okay. That happens. I didn't really, I think I fell in love with Pascal when he was four months. I was like connected, but not, I didn't feel that like, I mean, I would kill for him. I felt that protectiveness. I don't know. I didn't feel that gushy, gushy something. But then four months, I don't know what it was like the hormones or something, but all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like I felt that. So I think bear in mind the amount of hormonal changes that happen in pregnancy, then birth and postpartum are huge. So if you're not with that attunement, I think EC can be very challenging. But let's say you have it and it, it is crazy. The kids will, they'll always do like a little wiggle or there's a facial feature. You can actually see the child cueing that they're about to pee or poop. So then naturally they're newborns, right? Or maybe three months or maybe even six months, whatever. And you notice that cue. And so you pee them and you can pee them. You know, newborn pee is pretty innocuous. Some people pee in the sink. Some people have a little cup or container or top hat potty. And some people go right to the toilet. The big thing here to remember is that in elimination communication, it is the parent responsible for the cue, right? And we see that in potty training. So when we take off the diaper, like I just said, right? The child's not going to self-initiate very few kids. Like you take off the diaper and they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the potty now. I, I feel like I have to pee. A lot of times we have to like, oh, you're peeing. Oh, let's get to the potty. Or then, you know, you get a few seconds and you can say, oh, you're walking on tiptoes. Oh, you're grabbing your crotch. We reflect their potty symptoms back to them. And then they start to take that on themselves. And then they build up the sensation of being able to hold it a few seconds. Oh, oh I got to go. And then they go. And so when we typically potty train, that takes about a week of concentrated work. And that can happen seven to 10 days is usually the thing. 
So now with elimination communication, the habit that's already been formed is the parent catching the cue. In typical potty training, the habit that's been formed is the diaper and nobody caring where this kid pee or poops, right? So there are two different habits that we kind of have to break. So when we go from potty training, we take the habit of the diaper, we do seven to 10 days of work of reflecting that cue back to them, learning their cues, getting them to recognize their own cues. And that's how we potty train. So now we don't have the habit of the diaper with EC. What we have is an extended process of the parent noticing the cue. So if you've EC'd and you're struggling or concerned about potty training, what you want to do is you want to make sure you start working on that. That's the big transition with EC is getting the cue from you, the parent, to become the child's cue. I have found with EC that this works best the minute the child is mobile. So really, you might want to start like officially potty training if you EC'd, especially if you've EC'd from birth. You want to start maybe like when 12 months, as soon as they can start to really walk, you really want to start getting that into the child's hands. I think that process will take a little longer because that reliance on the parental cue has been instilled a little bit longer, right? And that's a, a, there's also a connected piece there as opposed to the diaper where there's maybe a security blanket feeling, but not necessarily a human connected piece. So you want to work on that transition right there. Again, I'd start when the child's mobile because the longer the child is reliant on you and you making the cue for them, the harder it's going to be. I have heard from various mamas that they don't want to prompt the child. So like in typical potty training, we would prompt the child, right? We would, hey, it's time to go pee. Hey, it's, you know, hey, I noticed that you need to go pee. And so I've heard from various mamas that they don't want to prompt because they want it to be, you know, fully autonomous from the child. But the child still has to learn that, right? So again, in typical potty training, the child's learning to not use a diaper. In EC, the child's learning to pick up the cues on their own. So again, I look at that concentrated work of like seven to 10 days and really reflecting to them and prompting, oh, it's time for you to go potty. So you might even see the cue and the first step might be not bringing the potty to the child or the child to the potty but making the child actually mobilize themselves. Like, oh, go ahead, go use the potty. In that sense, they can start to recognize their own cues, right? Like you send them to the potty. So I would say the first step of that process, again, is getting the child to mobilize by themselves, right? And then the second part might be reflecting again, like, oh, I see that your eyes are blinking. I see you're holding your crotch. I see you're standing on your tiptoes. Do you know what that means? And if the child knows, that's great. Okay, go do your thing. If the child does, you say, oh, that means you have to go potty. So go ahead, you go potty. And that is the crux of it. I have seen parents wait a really long time expecting that to just hand over to the child. And I think it doesn't necessarily work that effectively for a lot of people because again, it's that, that's the entrenched habit. Whereas in typical potty training, we sort of hand that off rather quickly. It's like, we notice the symptoms, we notice, I call them the symptoms, but the uh, signals, right? We notice those really fast and then the child starts to take it over. So I hope that gives you some clarity on transitioning from EC to potty training. If you have any specific other questions about EC, feel free to ask me. I think it must be gaining popularity because like I said, I have gotten a lot more questions than I typically do about it. Here's another question kind of related to daycare. I just wanted to hit it pretty quick. My three-year-old has been potty training for over six months because of your helpful book, including naps and night times. And for the first week sleeping at 3K, which I think is like preschool, she starts peeing during her nap. They put a pull-up on her with underwear and they didn't ask me. Then I told them to stop, which they graciously did, but she's wetting again. 
They say she's peeing before nap, so I'm about to throw in the towel and just let them diaper her at nap for a few weeks until she's settled and then reassesses. Hopefully this isn't a mistake. No, I don't think this is a mistake. I really don't because there's so much to acclimate when a child starts school, right? And so especially these kids who are coming out of the pandemic. And we just did a course on pandemic toddlers. And it's really these kids who three to five, it wasn't that the pandemic wrecked them. It wrecked all of our nerves. It's not that the pandemic wrecked them because the conditions were pretty ideal for a little kid. The problem is they didn't have this like huge social component before. So a lot of these kids, like all they knew was lockdown. All they knew was like super tight connections with very few people. All they knew were masks. So, you know, we know that a lot of developmental milestones were delayed. I do know like potty training has just gotten a little bit longer. Like this transition takes a little bit longer for these kids. And so going back to school, it could be a lot and it's a lot to get used to. And I think our kids are resilient and I think they can handle it. But I also think that it's a lot and we can grant them some graciousness around that. I think with this child, yeah, no harm, no foul. It's nap time. We don't know how she's managing. She's probably just holding it together. It's a, it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of sharing. It's a lot of be good. It's a lot of don't hit. So I think, you know, whatever's happening for her in nap, she's just letting go and that's okay. So in this circumstance, I really, especially with it just being naps, I would honestly just let it go. When we start getting contentious with daycare, and it's really tricky because some daycares you do have, you got to be like, dude. Like the kid's doing great at home. Could you give them an opportunity at school? You know, like sometimes we do have to be abrasive with them. And then sometimes for whatever reason, the kid could be doing great at home and just falling apart at school. Again, we'll never know why. And it is okay to be diaper and continue at home. I've seen fully potty trained kids at home and they, for some reason, they can't get it together at preschool or daycare. And it's okay. You don't have to get like super jacked about that in your, your head and your heart. All right. And last thing, it often comes up like a red, red rash on butt that started with potty training. A lot of people think this is due to like dribbling pee. Your kids shouldn't have pee all over them when you're potty training. So if that's happening, I'm not really sure why. Like there shouldn't be dribbles enough to cause like a diaper rash. And they were like sitting in pee before. I think it's probably like the naked day, you know, not wearing a diaper, maybe wearing clothes. So make sure that, you know, especially in the commando phase, make sure that they have really soft leggings. I'm rubbing my legs because I have really soft leggings on. Really soft leggings that won't irritate the skin, not jeans, nothing hard, nothing scratchy, nothing with seams. So like joggers or shorts, something comfy. And if you maybe have a couple extended block one where your child's bare bum, you know, it could happen because they're just exposed to sensitive skin. I always say just use the diaper cream, Vaseline, whatever it is you use. I like Boudreaux's butt paste. That was one of my favorites. But whatever you guys like, and it will go away. I'm not really sure why I get so many reports of this. I do think too, like a lot of people over sanitize the potty chair or the toilet seat. So be careful that you're not using like super harsh chemicals. Really, it's just pee or poop. So you could just wipe it down with water. But I definitely check in with that because sometimes we get obsessive with cleaning and especially like pee and poop particles. So you might be over sanitizing and that could be irritating their butts as well. All right. That's all I am going to knock off today. I have mentioned before, if you guys would like to tell me your potty training story, like to share it on the podcast, I would love to interview you. You can email me at jamie at jamieglowacki.com with put the word podcast in the title. 
Since I've given you my email, I am warning you, we don't answer questions about potty training, mostly because it's too hard. If you do have a quick question, please jump on Instagram and ask me and I'll be happy to put it on the podcast. I'm happy to answer yes or no real quick questions, but most potty training questions, if I haven't addressed it in a blog post, a podcast or the book, chances are it's a very individualized situation and you may need a consult. You can get consults at the Get Help tab on jamieblowacki.com. I am currently not taking clients remotely, but I am doing in-home potty training. So you can go there and see our list of certified experts to get further help. All right, you guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. And I really appreciate you potty training your kids and getting them through this developmental milestone. I know it's not always easy, but it is worth it. And if we approach potty training with the same fervor, we approach other milestones. It can go really well. And I was just talking to a woman on a podcast today about how joyful potty training was for her. And I was like, really? Because nobody ever says that. And she said, you know, she just was like, so looking forward to the autonomy. She was so looking forward to seeing her kid learn things. And it was really great to hear that because I think sometimes all we hear are the horror stories. And I, I said this really funny thing, like, Imagine if like your kids started to cruise, you know how they're walking and they started to cruise along the furniture and you like told your friend, you're like, oh my God, my kid is like starting to pull themselves up and cruise. And they're like, do what you want, but that's way too young. I mean, they're going to fall. They're going to fall all the time. They'll probably hurt themselves, right? Like imagine if we heard that, that's, that's the kind of shit we hear about potty training. Like we hear so many negative stories. Everybody's got an opinion. I do not know why everybody's got an opinion about this. They rarely have an opinion about any other area of, of parenting. Well, no, that's not true. They really have ones about developmental milestones, right? And nobody ever tells you your kid started to walk too early, right? So I think it's just, it's really important to see it through that lens, right? If we can look at it with excitement and not dread, that will go a long way in ease of potty training. But I think doing a lot of this work on my other podcast, which is, I wish we were more accepting. We just have seemed to categorize all aspects of parenting as good or bad. And so what we do is we try to hurry up and get rid of the bad so we can have all the good. But I wish we just experienced all the good and the bad as human, you know? And it, it's like part of our human experience that we have to we have to put our shit in some place. Otherwise, it'd be a disaster, right? <laughs> like they move all over the place. So I think we tried that in the Middle Ages and we ended up with plagues. So we rush to get through these, like what we have deemed as bad feelings, bad milestones, bad, like and the amount of dread I see in people about potty training, like, oh, I can't stand, I can't believe I have to do this. Yeah, then of course it's going to be, it's going to be yucky for you. You know what I mean? So mindset has a lot to do with everything in parenting, I think. And, and yeah, I just wish we just approached it with a little more joy. You don't have to, but I hope I'm adding a little joy to your life or at least making potty training a little bit easier. All right, you guys, as always, rock on. I appreciate you. 